This is the Let's Go Win Podcast with your host, J.M. Ryerson. What's happening, you guys? Welcome back to the Let's Go Win Podcast. We're here for a Tuesday tune-up, and this is going to be awesome. I can tell you already, just talking off air with this gentleman, you guys are going to get a ton out of this conversation because I I didn't want to stop talking. I was like, we have to actually record this thing. But remember, we're here to help you be happy, healthy, wealthy, get better every single day. And I feel like I got better just talking to John off air. John Rossman, a former Amazon executive and author, specializes in leadership, digital transformation, and innovation. He authored popular books like The Amazon Way and Think Like Amazon. He played a vital role in launching Amazon Marketplace and has given 200-plus keynote speeches worldwide. Rossman Partners, his company, provides coaching and advisory services for digital transformations. He advised T-Mobile and the Gates Foundation, led turnarounds at Alvarez and Marsal, and worked with major clients like Walmart, Nordstrom, and Microsoft. John, that is quite the list. I mean, this is the world's economy. You're working with them. This is pretty special, man. Well, you know, I've been fortunate to live in the Pacific Northwest. And for whatever reason, Seattle just has a plethora of really great uh, companies. And I've had the opportunity to work with a number of them. So I feel like I've just, you know, was kind of right, right person in the right place. Well, one of the things you talk about is leadership, which is one of my favorite subjects. In fact, virtually every video I ever do is on leadership, but you also talk about digital transformation. Not my specialty, not even remotely, but I am curious, how did you get into this other than being in the Pacific Northwest? How'd you find your niche into this is really my skill set? Well, it's a great question. So first I, I focus on that word leadership. It, it's a word people just, you know, kind of assume, you know, we all know what it is and everything. So the definition that I use for leadership is leadership is a practical skill for someone to influence or guide others to accomplish a specific mission. And so working that backwards, well, first you have to understand what the mission is, and then you have to understand who you're leading and what the practical skills are in order to get them there. And, and people don't focus on those, like you don't, you, you can build these skills, but they do have to be tuned for the specific mission. And so the mission that I work with leaders on is specifically like, how do we compete differently, especially in this age of, you know, digital disruption, digital transformation, AI, our operational playbooks tend to be pretty excellent, but the, our ability to innovate and change and to experiment tends to be a little weak. That's the playbook I focus on, and that's what I mean by leadership. How I got here was I was a, a leader at Amazon. For the first time in my life, I just paid attention in class. I mean, it, it was an incredible experience. It was early 2002 through late 2005. And everyone was doubting Amazon, you know, as Amazon.com, Amazon.toast and Amazon.org because we couldn't make money. And um, I got to play a key role. I led the, the launch of the marketplace business in 2002. But our leadership, we were hammering out these leadership principles of like, how do we think? How do we hold each other accountable? How do we prioritize things? How do we work together? Like, that's what this set of leadership principles is really oriented to do. I left Amazon late 2005 working with my clients and I started to see the power, 
not in a blunt instrument, but in refined ways of like, oh, insert this story here or that approach here. And I could really help make a change. And it was one of my clients at the Gates Foundation who came to me and said, you know, you should write a book about this. And so we wrote the Amazon way and, you know, my life just changed because I now had a platform to help influence others differently. And that's how I got in this game of keynote speaking and helping leaders truly change their companies and to some degree their own approaches so that we can truly compete and win in the digital era. Yeah, I love the you use the word compete and win, and I love that. And we're definitely going to touch on that. I have to go back for a second because I'm sitting here thinking, I remember Amazon when it was literally with books, but there's listeners right now that, no, Amazon's this behemoth, but you're talking about fundamental principle, foundational principles yeah. that allowed for this, I don't even know what you call the growth because it's beyond comprehension how it went from what it was to what it is today, which is, again, in large part, our, the world's economy is through Amazon. Yeah. And you were at the, the ground floor, it sounds like, really talking about those principles. What a remarkable rise. It, 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 it really is. I think it's one of the, the great stories that gets skipped over. And, you know, Jeff Bezos, he, he was just all in. And, and I, th I think kind of where he's at today and everything is really easy to take pot shots. But he walked away from an amazing job and career. He pushed all of his chips on the table. He acted the same way when things were bad as when they were good. And he, he was the one because of just his persistence and faith and, and intuition around better things for customers made it all happen. And only in America could a story like that happen. And I think we should celebrate people like that and not, not uh, degrade them um, and everything. Cause he truly has changed the economy, changed the world, changed our expectations. And I, I think it, it, it is a great story. The one superpower that doesn't get highlighted much relative to Amazon and Bezos is this strategic patience. So the, the marketplace business, so that was the third attempt at a third-party selling business. Everybody, especially internally, were advising Jeff, like, ah, it's just not going to work for us. You know, we, 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 we can't do a third attempt at this. And he had a deep keel and said, no, man, we're going we're gonna to try to, again, have, you know, conviction in your strategy, but flexible on your tactics, right? And so, um, and it was even several years after we launched, we launched the marketplace business in 2002. It was really five, six years after that, that it really started to impact the business. And that you don't see leaders with that type of, of orientation. Now, that doesn't mean you want to be patient with everything and you want to have a high sense of urgency to the things that have, should have urgency today, but understanding change and business growth. And especially when you're innovating new lines of business, oftentimes it takes time to get the customer experience perfect, to get your operating model in, in line and to let your customers adopt to the new model. Yeah. One of the things, again, off air we were talking about is uh, one of your younger sons had, uh, had played at a new place. And you were talking about that first year. I think it really was where, man, it wasn't going great. We made a big change, and but this is so applicable to business. I did the same thing when I moved my kids to Florida. 
I was the devil walking for about a year. Like dad was not a good dude. But the truth is just like in business or any change, you have to see the mission. I love what you said. And clearly setting that mission and saying, look, here's where we're going. This is what everybody's going to rally behind. We're all going to be rowing the boat in the same direction. Yep. There's a little strategy shift we got to do here, but we're communicating it all. Is that what a lot of people miss is a, you got to have that grit persistence and just, you know, you got to see it through no matter what you're getting faced with and B we all have to be aligned in rowing in the same direction and not going in a circle. Um, and what you just did is a great example of strategic communication. You were defining what the mission was. And I think, again, one of Bezos' hidden skills was the ability to simplify the messaging and staying on point. And what leaders do wrong about that is they tend to complain about the current state and they're not clear and explicit on where we're going and what, what is it going to be like? And so Amazon has a, a variety of tools or techniques to help reemphasize that. And, and one of them is called a future press release. And, you know, Jeff would always say, he'd go, John, can a third party seller register in the middle of the night and sell an item and to delight a customer? Yes or no. Right. And that was his way of both testing, like you guys are staying on mission. And he was always talking about the future. And so that type of strategic, simple communication helps keep and align everybody to what we are trying to accomplish and what it should feel like for our customers, for our partners, for our employees. And so that type of on-point communication is a really big part of important leadership. There's a, a term called chief repeating officer, right? And that's what a chief repeating officer does is they find they find the the the, the line to keep repeating, but then they can go down a level and go down a level, right? And so you have to know your audience and know the moment and be able to go down the communication stack to suit your audience and to suit the needs of the moment. One of the words in your bio is digital transformation. And now transformation, the word alone is one of my favorites because truly when you watch somebody transform, when you watch something transform, we're talking about a major shift. We're talking change. about a fundamental change, right? A hundred percent. And that's not easy. Typically people resist change. Hence why my last book is called upgrade. I don't try to change anybody. I just try to upgrade a little bit. Love that. Love that. But the, the word digital transformation, those two words together, and you mentioned AI for those that have been kind of burying their head in the sand and going, I don't like it. This is not good. You used it in a way that, look, this is a tool for you to use. Right. How are you seeing it in the marketplace, John? What, how are you utilizing something as profound as AI, which has come out really, really in a prevalent manner over the last year, I'll say? How are you seeing it uh, affect the business landscape today? Yeah. So first, digital transformation, as you said, is the fundamental changing of an organization, leveraging digital capabilities. It's an interesting market category, but it's a horrible name for a strategy, right? And so one of the things I always do with my clients is like, we're never going to use that word again. We're going to talk about, you know, some sort of supply chain capability or customer experience capability or operational capability. And we're going to use any tool that we can to be able to test um, and, and scale that capability to figure it out, to win, right? And so AI 
is is just a a new superpower that we have in order to improve our business, improve a customer experience, reduce cycle time, reduce costs, reduce risks. Those are the things you always want to be focused on in a business. Use any tool in your toolkit you can in order to get there. And AI is just like that tool. The thing leaders really need to focus on is understanding the specific use case of what you believe the future, the innovation would be. And if you can get clear on that upfront, then you can have a portfolio of ideas. You can pick which ones do we test on? How do we test them as cheap and as fast as possible? Put constraints on them and then decide which ones do we progress with? Which ones do we tune? Which ones do we pull back? And that to me is what real digital transformation is about. It's about systematic innovation within an existing enterprise. Nobody, there are rare companies that truly have a systematic way in which they explore new ideas. Yeah, no, it's, it's the, yeah, I could learn a ton just spending more time with you on that for sure. The word winning and competing, we, you know, again, I, we we're talking off air and there's almost this feeling of winning somehow is dirty or it's not the end all be all. But if I were to say, okay, company, are you looking to lose? Well, of course we're not looking to lose. Where have we gone wrong here, brother, where it's like, look, my company's called Let's Go Win. I believe in everyone winning, but sometimes it doesn't feel like we're doing that. And as you said, even mentioning you know, Amazon, you know, people want to pick away at somebody like a Bezos when the truth is how many people has he transformed their entire life their livelihood is based on this thing that he created that no one was thought was possible he won he he's winning he's helping other people win why where have we gone wrong here brother i i because you and i i i feel the same words well, like, well, you, you know uh I'm, I'm an engineer not a economist and not a psychologist but I'll, I'll give you i'll give you my perspective which is um I think um, it's become a win-lose mindset that for me to win, that means somebody else has to lose. And on a personal basis, I think we have to have incredible empathy to help those who have not had the same opportunities we have. Our job isn't to help them win. Our job is to help give them opportunities so that they can win. And I, I deeply believe that we owe that to every person in our country, the opportunity the tools in order to make a better life for themselves, to have the chance to to better themselves. And for companies, we've somehow lost the orientation that our job is to create financial, a financially viable business that serves our customers, that is a great place for employees and for shareholders. And that is the only way to actually guarantee those great jobs. And so we've gotten away from this orientation of like, it sometimes takes really hard things to create the business and the tool that will be over a long period of time, a winner. And the way I define a winner in business is a, is a company that over a long period of time, five to 10 years, if you think about the quadrants of competition, that they are in the upper right-hand quadrant in terms of profitability, and they are in the upper right-hand quadrant in terms of new growth um, com- coming in the business. And if a company is in the upper quadrant in both of those things, I think they are a winner. They're both 
have a great business today and they are investing in future businesses. And you need to keep an eye on both of those things to be a long-term winner. Yeah. And the win-win there, you said the word opportunities. Look, it's not, this is simply an opportunity for, I want to sell, I want to be a third-party vendor through Amazon. My neighbor, I don't know his exact net worth, but he's making a very nice living providing a service to people now that is available to them at any time. Well, that, that was an know, opportunity. People always, you know, talk about how, you know, Amazon or other companies have destroyed, you know, the mom and pop bookstore and things like that. And that's true. But yet they forget to recognize the fact that there's over 3 million sellers on the marketplace business, the platform that I launched 3 million sellers. So, so people that could have never had access to a platform to sell to customers, to have their own independent business now have that opportunity in a much lower risk, low capital platform in order to do that. And so that truly is the story of digital disruption, which is there's winners and there's losers. And if you're you're waiting around for the government or somebody to figure this out for you, like, you know, that's complaining is not a strategy, right? You got to figure out how to go compete and win. Yeah. And I guess what I would say is it's just evolving, right? It's the mom and pop bookstore. Maybe that was the coffee shop that now Starbucks has Starbucks everywhere. Look, it's not saying you can't have your coffee shop, but if this other company is doing it so much better than you, perhaps, and my neighbor I'm talking about, he was a, a banker that decided, oh, I'm going to go ahead and be, I don't know his exact e-commerce through Amazon. Yeah. And he evolved. That's cool. I, I don't see the problem with that. It's it's just simply an opportunity. The world changes. It It's going to evolve. And you choose to evolve with it or you don't. But it, everyone has this opportunity to, to be on Amazon Marketplace, an amazing platform that you launched. Um, what, what didn't I know enough to ask you, John, what you've been working with? Because we've talked about Amazon quite a bit. But I know that was just really the basis of you've been working for the the better part of, I think, 15, almost 20, 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you working on now, man? What 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 are you seeing and, and, and how can people kind of get a little bit more of John in their life? Yeah. So my business is kind of part keynote speaking, part advising. I advise clients. Um, it is pseudo coaching, but it really is business strategy advice. Like we tackle hard problems in their business. And I love working with mid-sized companies because they really have the best opportunity to actually make changes and for leadership to do their job, which is making these types of changes and decisions. I've got uh, a new book coming out next February. It's called Big Bet Leadership, um, Your Transformation Playbook for Winning in the Hyper-Digital Era. And it, 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 I wrote it with a former client of mine uh, from T-Mobile and it really is the story and a set of principles and tools to give senior leaders the ability to how to actually build this innovation and transformation playbook from a leadership lit, um, standpoint within their organizations. Well, congrats on the next book. I, I, is that number three or maybe you have that, some? That is, that is number four, uh, number four. And I've, I've got an offer for your listeners. So if they go to bigbetleadership.com, you'll find a form there. I'll be doing a free Kindle book giveaway when the book is launched next February 27th. 
And all I ask, I request is that they write a customer review for the book, but uh, not required, but please register. And I'll do, I'll do, you know, 10 or 15 people from this show who register at the site to give them, it'll be a great, great book. It'd be a nice uh, production piece. Well, thank you for the offer. That's incredible. Uh, I'm, anything else that I didn't know enough to ask you, John, that you're like, Jane, we got to get this to the audience. The, the book offer is amazing. Congratulations on number four. That's quite the task in itself. But what else didn't I know enough to ask you, John, that you want to kind of leave the audience with, with as we wrap up? I, I would just say um, problems are not like wine. They don't get better with age. And so think about your business. What are, what are the hardest problems in your business? Feature them, bring them to the front, debate and write out what you think that your hypotheses, your guesses are relative to how to fix those, and then debate them, have, have hard debate about these things. And that is actually experimenting on these ideas. And that's the best and cheapest form of experimentation. And then decide how you want to proceed on. Don't ever do this with just one idea. You always want to have a, a, a set of ideas that you're working together because the comparison helps bring contrast and will help make better decisions. That's the work I do with my clients, but you don't, you don't need me. You don't need a management consultant to do this. You can absolutely do it on your own. And that's, that's really the goal of the new book, Big Bet uh, Leadership is to give um, business leaders a set of tools and approaches that they can share as a team to, to have this type of lively debate within their own organization. Well, I love the name of the book, Big Bet Leadership. That is awesome. I mean, that's ultimately what what leadership will determine whether you succeed or fail. I truly believe that. So it sounds like this book is a perfect time to come out. We we have a lot of that going on in the world. We need better leadership. So, brother, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insight and expertise. Well, JM, it was super nice to meet you, and and thanks for the work that you do, and and great connecting. Uh, it's truly my pleasure. You guys, I mean, look, we talked about one of the biggest companies in the world that's shifted, and he was a part of launching that marketplace. The guy knows what he's talking about. Go check out Big Bet Leadership. Go get your book. He said he's going to offer 10 to 15. So first ones to get in there, February 27th, I think he said the official launch was. So get in there and get that book. Uh, share this with somebody, guys. This is fascinating, hearing about these amazing companies Amazon started talking about principles and fundamentals early on and look at the rise they had. Absolutely incredible. Make sure to share this with someone that can appreciate it and use it. And until next time, remember your mindset matters. I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. That helps us build this community and that is what we are all about. Building this community as big as we can, helping as many people as we can, and deliver as much value as possible. Be sure to head over to letsgowinpodcast.com for information on my coaching courses, and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Let's Go Win 365. Let's go win and transcend in life. This is the Let's Go Win Podcast with your host, J.M. Ryerson.